Let's go to John chapter 10 tonight. John 10. It's been quite a week here at Victory since, uh, since last I saw some of you, like when you were in here last Saturday night, um, we have, of course, we entered into our, our week-long fast. We've been together every night this week before the Lord. It's been beautiful. It's been sacred. It's been very challenging. It's been stretching. How many of you have been challenged this week? Amen. That's right. A lot of hands. Me too. Me and Bren. A lot of aching. How many of you are hungry? <laughs> That's right. We went into intercessory prayer, and I, I hugged one of the ladies. I said, how are you doing tonight, Susan? She said, Pastor, I'm hungry. I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, this is a beautiful night, and the presence of the Lord is tangible. I'm thankful for this final night of our fast unto the Lord. And I know that, that many of you feel very tired, very weary. Uh, I feel the same way. But I pray that you just emptied yourself completely during that worship unto the King. Amen? Where's the rest of you? Three people in here that know how to say amen. I said, I hope you emptied yourself and gave yourself unto the Lord completely. Amen. We're in John 10 tonight. We were in John 10 last night in the fast. It's a great place. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion this evening, an extended um, portion of Scripture tonight, and then we're going to be going into some great other places. Lord, we just thank you for the power of your word tonight, and just feed us. Feed us, Lord. You are the bread of life, Jesus. Say that tonight. That's right. Lord, let us feast on you. Teach us to continue to drink of you, the living water, and of you, the living bread, come down from heaven. Hallelujah. Teach us to eat tonight. Teach us to feast tonight. Lord, as we just come to the top of this mountain of this fast, I just, I thank you that you're meeting us. Thank you that you're meeting us. Thank you that you love to meet with us and you are here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In John 10, I'm going to begin to read in verse 1. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall and to enter into the sheep pen, rather than coming through the gate, reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate. And because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize his voice. They recognize the voice of the true shepherd. Grab hold of that tonight. They recognize the voice of the true shepherd. 
For he calls his own by name, and he leads them out, for they belong to him. Oh, my gosh. We were in a sweet place of worship tonight, and I kept singing, Abba, I belong to you. Of course, Cody does a way better job at that. But I just kept singing that tonight. Abba, I belong to you. I love that. Let's go back and read. And the sheep recognize his voice, the voice of the true shepherd. He calls them by name. He leads them out. For they belong to him. And when he has brought out all of his sheep, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him. For they are familiar with his voice. But they will run away from the stranger and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. Jesus told the Pharisee this parable even though he didn't understand a word of what it meant. And so Jesus went over it again and he said, I, I speak to you this eternal truth. I am the gate to, for the flock. All those who broke in before me, they are thieves, and they've come to steal, but the sheep never listen to them. I am the gateway to enter through me is, the, is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. Somebody say amen tonight. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal and to slaughter and to destroy but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Woo! Until you overflow. Say it tonight. Until you overflow. Yeah, that sounded good. I am the good shepherd who lays down his life. Hmm. <sighs> who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. But the worker who serves only for wages is not a real shepherd because he has no heart for the sheep. He will run away and abandon them when he sees the wolf coming. And then the wolf mauls the sheep, drags them off, and scatters them. What is Jesus saying? He's saying one of the parts of the shepherd's responsibility one of the parts of a shepherd's responsibility as a watchman is to fight off the wolves. I alone am the good shepherd, and I know those whose hearts are mine. Ooh, that's a powerful, powerful word. I know those whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and know me. For as the Father knows my heart, I know my Father's heart. I am ready to give my life for the sheep. Wow. I have other sheep that I will gather, which are not of the Jewish flock, and I, their shepherd, must lead them too, and they will follow me, and they will listen to my voice. And I will join them all into one flock, one flame, one fire, into one flock, my God, with one shepherd. The Father has an intense love for me <laughs> because I freely give my own life to raise it up again. 
I surrender my own life. I had no idea we'd be singing that tonight. I surrender. Thank you, Sandra. I surrender my own life. And no one has, and no one has the power to take my life from me. I have the authority to lay it down and the power to take it back up again. This is the destiny my Father has set before me. My God, is that awesome? Is the text talking to you? Is the text talking to you tonight? Last verse, John 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. Jesus is our great shepherd. Amen? He is our great shepherd. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He's our shield. He's our deliverer. I'm quoting Psalm 18 to you. He's our great shepherd. He's our rock. He's our shield. He's our, he's our fortress. Jesus is still saying in 2023, follow me. And I say to you tonight, my friends, you will never, ever regret following Jesus. Not one day. Can I get an amen? amen? I say this a lot, but I want to say it again tonight. Jesus is worthy of our, of our trust. The great shepherd is worthy of your trust. Trust the good shepherd this year. Take some notes tonight. We're going to go places. Trust the good shepherd this year of 2023. The winds are going to blow this year, friend. The winds are going to blow big time. This is going to be a radical, radical year. But let the good shepherd take you by the hand and lead you into every day of 2023. Let the good shepherd take you and lead you into green pastures. Let him lay you down. Let him lead you beside still waters, the living waters to drink, to be refreshed. Let the Lord lead you right into his heart so that you become more courageous, more strong, more fervent, more burning. Are you out there? More fervent, more burning, more courageous. I pray that all the time. Lord, make me bolder. Make me bolder. One of the things, of course, I was referring to Psalm 23 about the Lord bringing us by streams of living waters, still waters. He said, I lead you beside what? Still waters. They're not turbulent waters. They're restful waters. I loved Cody tonight when you said, just lift your hands and just, just enter into that rest right now. Just drink in that rest. That was a beautiful, powerful moment in our worship experience tonight. That's what the good shepherd does. As the winds blow, as things get very intense, as there's more turbulence this year in our nation, as there's more upheaval, we've, uh, we've kind of had a, a, a strange reprieve of quiet. Hello. But as the winds begin to blow, remember, Lord, you're my good shepherd. You're my good shepherd. I trust you completely. You're leading me into good pasture. You're protecting me. You're providing for me. You're watching over me. Come on, are you with me tonight? 
As you follow the Lord, this is what you need to write down tonight. Obedience to the voice of Jesus, our shepherd, is a witness of real worship. Hear this tonight. Obedience to the voice of Jesus, our shepherd, is a witness of real worship. I, I, have, I have to connect tonight obedience and real worship if you want to just sandwich it together real easily tonight. It's obedience to the voice of Jesus. That's, I believe, that's how heaven measures real obedience. In fact, one of the things that Jesus taught us about the Father is in John 4, John 4, 23, where he talks about actually what the Father is looking for. And what I love about this is that the Father's not looking for worship. He's looking for worshipers. Are you tracking with me? I'm going to try this side out. Are you tracking with me tonight? He's looking, he's looking for worshipers. And the reason that he's looking for worshipers is because worship is about the heart. I said worship is about the heart. And so when heaven is measuring worship, heaven is measuring my lifestyle of worship unto God by my lifestyle of obedience. Because they're one and the same. They're literally one and the same. So grab hold of it tonight. Obedience to the voice of Jesus, our shepherd, is a witness of real worship. And I, I think we understand that, I know we understand that worship is not, worship is not singing songs off of a screen. Worship is not gathering with just a bunch of believers and, and trying to sing in a nice pitch or a nice, a nice little harmony um, some beautiful songs, or, or worship is not just, you know, driving around in the car and, and listening to a worship album or letting a worship album play in your house. And all that is good and, and should be done, and I love it all, but when it comes down to it, worship is about our obedience to the Lord. It's quiet in the Methodist church tonight. Sorry, I forgot you were Presbyterian. Worship is about the heart. I'm going to say it again. Worship is about the heart. We know this, yet we need to know it. Worship is about the obedience to the voice of our beloved. Worship is about, grab hold of this, worship is about releasing your covenant love to the Lord. It's about declaring and decreeing your covenant love to the Lord. That's what it is. Because worship has to become a heart-to-heart -heart experience. The worship team will always do a phenomenal job. It's your responsibility to come into the house and make sure you're connecting heart-to-heart. -heart. That, that you would never be going through the motions. We're never to come in here and go through the motions of just doing church or or having church, and if we start ever doing that, I'm going to speak up really loud. It's a heart-to-heart -heart connection. And what I love about this with pure worship and true worship is that this can happen anywhere, and it can happen while you're driving in your car. Like I said a few weeks ago, keep at least, at least one hand on the wheel. You're welcome, Neil. It can happen in the shower. It can, it can happen out on a walk. 
You ever been out on a walk and just been absolutely undone and deluged by the Lord where you just start weeping? I have. And then run into the neighbors with their dogs? I have. Yes, I have. It can happen anywhere. What is that that I'm talking about tonight? It's a heart-to-heart connection. It's a spirit-to-spirit connection. I'm talking to you tonight about obedience to the voice. I'm talking to you tonight about obedience to the voice of the good shepherd, the great shepherd. Now, interesting that Jesus would say these words in John 14 and verse 15. I'm reading out of the NIV. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, Read it again. If you love me, keep my commandments. In the, in the New Living Translation, it says, if you love me, obey my commandments. You still with me tonight? If you love me, I could say it like this. If, if you love me, you prove your love by your obedience to my voice. If if In a covenant marriage, in a covenant love with your spouse, if you don't don't prove or exercise that force of love to that spouse, it's going to be called into question. Well, I'm going to do my best tonight with you all. I think we all understand, we, we get the word obedience from the word obey, right? We get the word obedience from the word obey. And, and if you look it up, like I did this morning when I got in here on the campus, man, it was crispy cold this morning. The word obey, I, I, this is powerful, and I'm glad that I took time just to look it up. Listen to these words. Take some notes tonight. Obey means this. Comply to the command. Carry out the direction. Obey means carry the request of. Oh, grab hold of this, you worshiping hearts. Obey means to behave in accordance with. Here's the last one it gave. Obey means to submit to the authority. What does it mean? Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, then obey my commandments. Obey my words. Comply to my command. Carry out my direction. Hear Jesus saying this to you. Carry out my direction. Let that go. Just let it go very personal tonight. Brian, I want you to comply To my command. Oh, I love it. Because I'm a soldier. I'm a son first. But I'm also a soldier. He said, carry out the direction. Carry out the request of. If you will obey me, behave in accordance with. Let me just pause right now and tell you. In in 2023, it's kind of hard leading people. It's kind of challenging leading people. People have a mind of their own. And they'll let you know that they have a mind of their own. 
It's challenging pastoring people. That's why four to 5,000 pastors a month are quitting the ministry. And that is an accurate statistic. Carry out my direction. Carry the request of behave in accordance with submit to the authority. See, my obedience is my worship to him. When I submit and when I yield to his authority. Not when you came in here and you sounded really good singing with everybody. Anybody can sing a song. I mean, that, there's a standard. Can I just talk a little bit? There, let me just tell you right now, in most churches across America, we have a very sad problem where the bar is laid so low, people are rolling over it. You can go into the church and just check the pulse of the worship team and find sexual immorality. You can check the pulse of ministers behind pulpits, sexual immorality. Are you going to be with me tonight or do you want to leave? Are you going to be with me? Listen, the bar is so low, people are just rolling over it. It's time that we raise the standard. It's, it's time that we raise the standard of the Word of God. Let the Word of God be the final authority and the standard. And we say, God, I'm going to worship you by submitting to your authority. Yeah. Trying you on for size. Here's why obedience is such a, a radical thing. Stay with me tonight. Why is obedience so important? Because we are in an, we are in a unprecedented epidemic of people who are radically disobedient. Oh, oh. I said radical disobedience. Radical dis there is a radical disobedience to God, to God in America. There is a radical disobedience to God's word. There is a radical disobedience to the church that's actually preaching a real word. There's a radical disobedience to the Constitution of the United States of America. There's a radical, there is a radical disobedience to the Bill of Rights. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why? Where are we at? This is where we're at. We are, we are at a time where people are casting off all restraint. They're casting off all restraint. As it says in the word. And then at that time, every man did what was right. What? Thank you very much. This church knows the word. They were doing what they thought was okay for them. Hey, your truth can be your truth. Oh, it's okay. Your truth could be your truth. My truth could be. Just, just don't bother me. 
I'm going to do what's right in my own eyes. Are you catching my wind tonight? Are you catching the wind tonight? We're in a time of radical, radical disobedience. And that is why the anchor in this message from this messenger tonight is to tell you obedience is about following and saying yes to the voice of the good shepherd. Church, you have, no t- you have no idea how tired I am. I could just fall over and sleep on that stair. I'm, do- I'm giving you my best tonight. I'm going to give you my best, and I'm going to go the distance tonight. It is no secret that America's only hope is to repent and to fully return to God with a surrendered, yielded, obedient heart. And here's a big point. I believe with all of my heart, God is grooming true shepherds after His own heart that are going to turn this nation back to His face. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. If, I don't know if you heard the word that he started with. It's a big word. If. If you love me, keep my commandments. If. If. So what does that look like? Do, do I really obey the voice of the Lord? When the Lord says, son, I want you to let that go, do you let it go? When he says, daughter, I want you to let that go, do you let it go? When he says, son, forgive that person, do you forgive? When he says, daughter, forgive that person, do you forgive? Son, trust where I'm leading you. Do you trust him? Are you with me tonight? When he says, son, trust me, trust that person. Daughter, trust that person. Son or daughter, give that away. That's the the fun part. I like that. When he just says, give that away. Go bless somebody. When father speaks, he says, or the good shepherd speaks, he says, go here or go there. Or leave now. Or invest here. In this present fast, this time of consecration that we're about to complete tonight, here's what we've been doing. We have been developing our sensitivity to the voice of the Good Shepherd. You've been developing your sensitivity. Your sensitivity. Grab, I, just, I love that word, to the voice of the Lord. So that, we're, so that we are not people who are bit and bridled, but we are soft unto the Holy Spirit. We, are, we have become tender or tenderized to the Holy Spirit. I know you went to stake. You knock it off. <laughs> oh, 
Lord, have mercy, help us, Jesus. It's that we become yielded to the voice. Sensitivity means I'm yielded to the voice. I'm surrendered over to the voice. I, I will surrender over my life to the good shepherd. I'll be tender. I'll be aware. I'll be more aware of his presence. Brian, what, Brian, what do you mean? What do you mean by bit and bridled? What do you mean by that? I want you to look at this psalm tonight, Psalm 30, 32 and verse 9. Put it in your notes tonight. It's behind me. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, <laughs> which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. I, love, I just love the picture of this language. A bit, a, a bit and bridle is required of a, of a horse or of a mule who is not broken. Let it sit on you. Let that sit on you. Because a broken horse will be able to move beautifully when it's just tenderly touched. You just have to touch that horse just the right way. Those of you that know what I'm talking about, when you're riding a horse and gently touch it and they'll know where you're going. You don't have to, when a horse is broken, you don't have to bit and bridle it. it, it the Lord, the Lord is not, th this is, <laughs> this is real bad Christian life and Christianity when the Lord has to stick a bit in your mouth and bridle you and go like this. That's not the way. That's not the way, is it? We all know that's, that's not the way. And so in this fast and continued throughout this year, we've been more tenderized to be sensitive, to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord, to be sensitive to his presence, to become soft so that we're not doing anything, anything that's grieving unto the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen in the house? The bride of Christ is becoming very sensitive to him. The bride of Christ is becoming very sensitive to him. And when we become sensitive to him, it means that we, we're, able to, we're able to manifest love to him through our obedience. That's a good word. We're able to manifest love to him by our obedience. And even when obedience becomes very costly, oh boy, where's Brian going with that? Even when obedience becomes very costly, because actually it, it really is. Say this tonight, obedience is costly. One more time. How about when God puts you in a place that's high risk? How about when God puts you in a place that, that, that's dangerous? Some of you sitting here saying, God wouldn't do that. Well, evidently, you haven't read your Bible. All of Bible history proves this. I said all of Bible history proves this. 
If any one of the apostles or the disciples showed up tonight, they could preach this far better than Brother Gibbs. And they could tell you what it really requires to live an obedient lifestyle unto Jesus, unto the King. Are you listening? The, the apostles... The apostles had to learn obedience even in persecution and suffering. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8, this is speaking of Jesus. It's behind me. Put it in your notes tonight. It says, though he was a son, yet, look at these words. These are powerful words. Yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Man, wow. Let's read that again. And though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus is our perfect example. Jesus is your perfect pastor. Jesus is your perfect teacher. Jesus is your perfect apostle, prophet, evangelist. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's the perfect example. Well, well wait a second, Brian. I, I didn't sign up for that. I, I didn't sign up for uh, that, that church that goes through suffering. I didn't sign up uh, for the church that really is going to go through any level of difficulty. I signed up. Oh, uh, I, I signed up for the church that's going to be the Christian Cool Club. You know, you know the Christian Cool Club. Uh, the Christian Cool Club is when you're celebrated. You're celebrated by the world as well. I said the Christian Cool Club is the club where you're celebrated by the world or the spirit of this world as well. And I don't have to preach it long, hard, and deep. It's all over the American church. And maybe this year you need to step back, put on fresh eagle goggles, and look at the church really, really well. And all you have to do is start seeing the spirit of the world on so many churches. And when you see it, you need to have the courage to be, here's that big O word again, obedient. To get out of it. We've walked away from a lot of stuff in the church. Stuff that just, it's, it's just, it's not even laughable. We've walked, when you see it, you're going to have to be courageous. When you see it, you have to be obedient to the Lord to let go of it. If your good shepherd says, I need you to leave that, then you need to leave it. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15. John 15 out of the Passion, verses 18 and 19. Just remember when the unbelieving world hates you, they hated me first. This is Jesus, the encourager. He's being very pastoral at this point. I'm just going to let the text talk. He's very pastoral. You, you can just feel the love. Feel the love oozing. Just remember, when the unbelieving world hates you, they hated me first. If you were to give your allegiance to the world, they would love and welcome you as one of their own. But because you won't align yourself with the values of the world, they will hate you. 
I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. So I don't need a phone call from Oprah to set me on her couch so that everyone in the church world starts thinking that B. Gibbs, B. Gibby, down here in Sarasota's got all that whack. Oh, that dude's cool. Oh, yeah, I, be, I like that boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not waiting around to be celebrated by the world. I don't want to be celebrated by the world. I don't want to be celebrated by the world. You will never influence the world while you're trying to act like it. And while we're, we're, we're waiting around for all these ministries to become hip and stylish and culturally relevant so that we can, we can, we can just kind of move and slip in, in, in and out of streams so we can appeal to everybody else. Jesus is raising the bar and the standard. And there he is, and he's saying, worship unto me is obedience. And, and I've got a question for you. If you love me, are you going to keep my commands? If you love me, are you going to keep my commands? Or are you just going to come into my house and sing me songs off of the screen and act like everything is great, but when you go out, you disobey my voice? You're called to be the real deal. You're called to be the real deal. You're called to be mighty in the kingdom of God. You're called to be a mighty warrior for God. Come on. Obeying the voice of the Lord stretched the disciples in indescribable ways. Obedience cost every true disciple. This is hard, folks. I'm pushing this word out of my spirit tonight from the Lord. I'm feeling this. Obedience costs them. And I should be the one to tell you tonight, as an under-shepherd to the great shepherd, I need to tell you, eyeball to eyeball, face to face, following Jesus will cost you everything. You can't accessorize Jesus with all of the Christendom fluff. It'd be like a woman just putting on an a little, little earring accessory. It's not how it works. It's just not how it works, ladies and gentlemen. He has to be everything to you. I said he has to be everything to you. He has to be every, he has to be everything to you. When Jesus is everything. And you are desperate. You are desperate for him. Worship will radically be transformed in this church. But if we think that we can just flow into this church and be, you know, strapped to all the clutter of the world and we can give God a few four little songs, you got another thing coming. 
This worship team can go to heaven and back, but if no one goes with them, hello. The disciples were stretched in indescribable ways, but they obeyed the Lord. You know why? Because the Lord is worthy. The Lord is worthy of your obedience. He is worthy of my obedience. And when it costs you, I guarantee you, friend, it's going to cost you your reputation. If you walk with God any time at all, it costed you some friends. It costed you some relationships. It costed you your reputation. You don't hear much preaching like this around, especially around this region. Especially around this region who's spinning plates of religion. Spinning plates of dead religion that doesn't mean nothing. Spinning plates of movies rather than preaching the word. Being really pastoral tonight. You got to understand, folks, the cost of radical obedience is real. It's real. We're going to have to obey the voice of the great shepherd, and he's worthy of our trust. And he's worthy of us getting a course correction. He's worthy of us getting pruned. He's worthy of us getting down to fighting weight. That was for the guys, and no, no guy said amen. I don't, I don't know. I'm doing, I'm doing my best. You can trust his leading. I said you can trust his leading. A mentor once said to me many years ago, I shared this last night after Cody got done sharing devotions and prayer. A mentor spoke into my life. This was a couple decades ago. He said, the Lord is our good shepherd. He does not drive us. He leads us. Grab hold of that. That may not be new to a lot of people, but that may be new to somebody, and it may be really be a, a revelation. Don't be driven the Spirit of God does not drive you. The Spirit of God leads you. The Spirit of God doesn't drive you. The Spirit of God leads you. How do we know that we are the sons of God? Because we are driven by the Holy Spirit. No, we are, we are led by the Spirit of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I'm quoting Romans 8 and 14 to you right now. Romans 8 and 14. Those, those that are led by the Spirit of God are the mature sons and daughters of God. So don't be driven. Be led. So Jesus said when we leave the sheep pen to follow him, oh, I love this. I, I, you know, here, here's what's awesome. I want you to get this picture. There's all these different sheep in the pen. And they don't just belong to one shepherd. This, this is, you got to grab a hold of this. This is, this is what they teach. And, and we're going to be back in Bethlehem this year in September 2023. We're going to be back in Bethlehem where they, come on, where they raised all of the sheep. 
for sacrificing unto the Lord on the hills of Bethlehem where all those shepherds were raising up the sheep to be slaughtered as an atonement and as an offering unto God. But see, they would tell you, the shepherds would tell you, when you walk up to the sheep pen, that shepherd is not just walking up to sheep that belong to him. He's walking up to a pen. There's all kinds of mixed sheep. But when he walks up to the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper recognizes the shepherd, you know what happens? He's like, ah, I recognize you. Remember, the thief climbs over. The thief comes to slaughter and destroy. But here comes the shepherd gently, beautifully, confidently up to the gate. And and the, the gatekeeper opens the pen and then the shepherd starts talking. All right, guys, I'm here. Good morning. Good evening. Saturday night. How's the flock? <laughs> I couldn't resist. How's the flock? <laughs> Do I have any amens tonight? <laughs> Fell into that one, Mark. All right. It's good to see you guys. You guys look great. Let's go out for our adventure. Let's go out. Let's go out for a walk. Let's go up through the mountains tonight. You know the way. You know the path. Let's take your favorite path. Let's go this way. And all those that belong to the voice of that shepherd, those sheep start coming out of the pen. The other sheep that's in that pen, they ain't going anywhere. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, Not their time. It's not my time. It's not my time. See you, man. See you. See you, buddy. I'll see you when you get back. Goodbye, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, we're too close to Christmas. I'm quoting Elf now. Goodbye, buddy. <laughs> Goodbye, buddy. Goodbye, Mr. Norwell. <laughs> so, so all these sheep, all these buddies are saying bye. Bye to their friends. Why? Because they heard, they heard the voice of their shepherd. And they were like, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to go. And when you follow the voice of the good shepherd, then it becomes the real, the real faith journey. The real faith journey. And we weren't called just to live in the pen. We were called for a grand, marvelous Wild adventure of faith. And how you do it is through a lifestyle of obedience. That when God speaks, you move. When He moves, you move. When He stops, you stop. (laughs) Years ago, put that on pause. Years ago, Brent and I were in a meeting. And we were in a meeting in a summit full of a lot of prophetic voices. A dear friend of ours was there, a mighty prophet of God that Brent and I had ministered in the nation of Italy with. And I remember the, the lead pastor at that time, he called that prophet out and said, get up here right now, I want you to prophesy. And Don stood there and he just went, he said, no, I'm serious. I want, you, I want you to prophesy. He said, no. 
And the pastor looked a little perplexed and handed him the mic. And Don said, when the Lord is silent, I'm silent. And when the Lord speaks, then I'll speak. I mean, you just can't go, come on, come on, come on, do what I said. Did you get it? I think you did. I think you got it. And here's what happens when we leave the sheep pen. We have to keep following the Lord and trusting the Lord. Look this way. In good times, in bad times, sorry, this section, in ugly times, you have to, you all are great over here. You're all smiling. Yeah, in good times, in bad times, in ugly times. Oh, we'll reverse it. In good times, in bad times, and in ugly times. You have to keep following him. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen in his house? I want you to turn with me almost in closing to Psalm 23 in the Passion. Psalm 23 in the Passion. And now I'm rounding third base. I'm going to slide headfirst into home. If I can. What I love about this passage from David, this is so epic, is that, that David identifies, he identifies his God and his Messiah. He identifies his Lord as a shepherd. And when I think about this, I think about David in the hills that I've walked in, in the city of Bethlehem, right outside of Jerusalem. I, th I think about his level of discovery when he is out. Grab a hold of these words. When he is out tending, caring, being a watchman over his father's flocks. When he's busy being watchful or a watchman over his dad's flocks, a revelation came into his spirit. Ah, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. Are you feeling this? The Lord, is, the Lord is my shepherd. And before we read these next words, I was driving. I was driving into the church early this morning. And this is what I kept seeing. And I was saying, Lord, I want you to speak to me so freshly, so beautifully. We live in the north from, from the church, and I love to drive around Lake Benderson. How many of you love Lake Benderson? Me too. It's a special place. And so I came around North Cattleman, and I was enjoying the water. It was beautiful. And, but I kept seeing this, and what this is, this is from the city of Bethlehem. This is made out of pure olive wood. This was carved there in Bethlehem. And it was given to me by my friend Fatty. Fatty, not Fat-E, but Fatty, F-A-D-I. So when you walk in, some of our, our team that's going to go this year, just don't walk in and go, hey, Fatty. <laughs> okay, that was a joke, and nobody got it. Okay. Um, when we were there last time, Brent and I brought a team of 40 with us, and we were in... 
in the shop there in Bethlehem. And when you go in there, one of the main pieces is one of the Dead Sea Scrolls that are right in front of you. One of the jars of the, literally, of the Dead Sea Scrolls. It belongs to the grandfather of the owner, the great-grandfather of the owner of that shop. It's a magnificent shop. And Fatty was greeting all of our team and loving on us, and he took this up and he held this, and he began to share about the olive wood of Israel. When he finished the conclusion of his, his little speech, and he's, he's, he's a funny guy, he said, I, I want to give this to your guys' shepherd today. And he reached out, and he put this in my hands. I wasn't expecting that moment. I wasn't expecting that moment whatsoever. Especially when he said, I want to give it to your guys' as shepherd today, for the Lord is your shepherd. God's going to raise up shepherds after his own heart that will feed his flock with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 3.15. God is going to raise up shepherds that are going to return the heart and the soul and the core of the United States of America to return back to him again, to covenant love. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. Help him, Lord. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. <laughs> Woo! El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. I always have more than enough. Verse 2, he offers a resting place for me and his luxurious love, his tracks. Take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. And that's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the pathways of God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness. Watch this. So that I can bring honor to his name. So that I can bring honor to his name. Isn't that amazing? I mean, who are we? I, I feel like David. God, who, what, what is man that you are even mindful of us? But God has put such his image on the inside of us that we have the ability to bring God honor. We have the ability to bring God glory. Lord, verse 4, Lord, even when your path takes me through... The valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. <laughs> I'm already conquered. You cannot intimidate a dead man. I hear you. You remain close. Who's he talking about? My shepherd, my best friend, my shepherd. You remain close to me. 
and you lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. Let's read it again. Your authority is my strength and my peace. Say it again. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become a delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all that I could drink until my heart overflows. I say, Lord, teach us how to drink in 2023 until we overflow. And why should I fear the future? And why should I, why should you, victory, why should you fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. And then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. You are my shepherd. You are my rock. You are my fortress and my shield. You are the stronghold that is the defender of my heart. I tell you, our Jesus is worthy of our trust. He's worthy. He's the great shepherd. You can only follow me while I'm following the great shepherd. I've made my covenant. I've made my vows. I know who I'm going to keep following. He is the good shepherd. He will lead you, my friend, this year. He'll lead you. He'll lead you. He'll comfort you. And when the days are either good, bad, or ugly, or ugly, bad, good, he'll be there. He'll be there, and he'll be faithful. And he'll hold your hand, and he'll say, I am your God, and you are my child, and I'm not letting go of you. I'm in covenant love with you. You see, religion is man's failed attempt to hang on to God. But in Christ, God clings in covenant love and holds on to man. Let's pray. Let's pray. You can set your Bible aside tonight. Thanks for going with me. I hope all of you went. (laughs) I'm saying that in faith. Thanks for going with me. I want to pray. Honey, I want you to come and join me. We have a special announcement tonight. Before we receive the offering, Brent's going to give a special announcement. This is a very special announcement tonight. So I want you to listen well. But let's pray right now. Take the hand or just touch somebody next to you. Thank you, God. Jesus, we trust your voice. We trust your leadings. We trust, Lord, the unctions of your Holy Spirit. 
And Lord, we will obey you because we want you to know, Jesus, we love you. We love you. We will obey your commands. And Lord, may our obedience be sweet. May our obedience be powerful worship unto you. We love you, Lord. Amen. 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 Before the ushers come, we're going to receive tonight, and um, I'm going to give it to you, honey, in just a second. Um, concerning the offering tonight, and we've said this every night this entire week. We have been here on campus every night this week during the fast. Brent and I have already prepared our miracle seed. We do it every time that we fast. We ask the Lord what we should give as a miracle seed. And a miracle seed is, is not predicated on how big that seed is. It's about setting it apart as holy unto the Lord. It's not by some grandiose amount. It can be any amount. But what the Lord puts in your heart and what he has put in your heart during this fast, tonight is that night to give that unto the Lord. And we have something special that the Lord is doing in our midst right now. And maybe even as you're seated here tonight, the Holy Spirit may move upon you to plant your seed into this avenue. Go ahead, honey. All right. So many of you know that part of the vision of victory is to raise up godly generations. And we really feel like one day we're going to have a, a school for, for children and um, for elementary and, and beyond. And we feel like we're going to have a school of ministry, um, school of worship. So that is part of our vision here. And this past year in June, I was praying about, about that specific part of the vision and seeking the Lord on it and asking God, really, how do we start? You know, what can we do now? And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, start with who you have. Start with the people in the body and the families in the body and the children in the body. So um, I rallied some of the parents together this year. And uh, thanks. Thanks. And we talked about potentially a co-op, which we probably are going to be starting in the fall of this coming year. But... Um, there's one family that is really in in need sooner than that, and um, that is the Soros family. And Diana is the matriarch of that family. Um, we have known her for many years. She's been a part of Victory for many years. She faithfully serves in our nursery, and she's a, a lovely woman. Her family is lovely, and many of you may know Chris and Gabby Rivera, and Diana is Gabby's mother, so that kind of makes the connection for some of you, but um, Gabby grew up in this church, or in our first church, with Josiah and Victoria, and Cecily, and some of them, and so we've known them for a long time, but um, I believe that this is the first fruits of that vision. Um, for educating children 
and raising them up and in the way that they should go in a greater way than just not just Saturday nights because we do that and we've done it on Tuesday nights but um, going to a whole nother level so uh, Priscilla is one of Diana's uh, children and about a year ago she stepped out in faith and obedience to the Lord and she pulled her um, child Isaiah uh, he was in second grade at the time out of public schools and her heart was to homeschool her children and um, that was a big step of faith for her um, she's she's not a school teacher <laughs> she she doesn't feel she's good in that area but she she really felt like this is what she needed to do for her children and she stepped out in faith and so and also they live together Priscilla lives with Diana and Diana also has just received two of her grandchildren. They have come from Texas, and um, they have had no uh, formal type of education yet. One of them is five, should be in kindergarten. One is seven, just turned seven, should be in first grade. And so they, um, they have felt a little bit overwhelmed and have been seeking the Lord on, Lord, what do we do? How do we educate these children and not have to put them in public school and um, have really come to a crossroads on this and I have known about this and I've been praying Lord what do we do what do we do and the Lord just spoke to me again start with who you have and do what you can to help them and so there are people we're rallying around them and we're going to help them and support them I mean this is like an adoption you know this is like an adoption. Some people, you know, you rally around people who adopt kids. But, and so Diane has received these two children. And, and there is a, it's a special situation because they need to be accelerated in their education in order to get up to par. And we're looking at possibly next year getting them scholarships to go into a school. But we have to help them be tutored in a way that can get them to where they need to be. And so... So we, um, we wanted to present this to the body for those of you who wanted to help with this, rally around them, financially help them to be able to, to pay for the tutors and the education that they need um, through May. And we're looking, it's probably going to cost around $5,000. And so um, we're just, we're, again, we're presenting this to you. Um, if this is something that you feel that the Lord's laying on you for the fast to sow a seed, that's wonderful. Maybe you feel like the Lord's going to is speaking to you. Maybe to sow monthly throughout the throughout May. You know, each month leading into May to help help us with that. And then we're going to be assessing them again by a, a certified teacher to see what else they need, if anything. But but we just want to sow into this family. Um, really believe that, again, this is a first fruit for our body and for the vision of the house to help and to rally around families and to help them in their education and, and teaching and training of their children to be raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We want our children not just to get by, we want them to be warriors and champions for the, for God, and um, so 
we, we have a strong desire for this, and, and so we want to help this family. They're a wonderful family, and um, we just bless them. So I know some of them were sick tonight. I don't see any of them in the house. So, um, but we'll, we'll get pictures. Oh, I see you out there, Diana. <laughs> there she is. But um, we'll be showing some pictures of them throughout the next couple of weeks or months. So you'll um, identify them and the kids. So I guess that's it. All right, yes. Thanks, honey. And I want to say something about specifically for sowing tonight into education or maybe sowing in coming weeks. When you take an offering envelope, here it says tithe, offerings, building fund, light the fire ministries. That's our expression really nationally. Missions, guest speaker. But where it says other, if you take an offering envelope tonight, you can write in where it says other. You can write in education or schooling or you can write in Sores. Every single dollar that you give towards this assignment will go there, okay? So ask the Lord if he would have you do something tonight or in the coming weeks. I know what the Lord has put on me and Brent's heart, and we're, we're doing that tonight as our seed for this fast. So ushers, I want you to come. If you need an offering envelope tonight, lift your hand high. We want to serve you quickly. All throughout the entire sanctuary tonight, those of you online, those of you that have been watching with us tonight, you have been <clears throat> worshiping with us tonight. You've been in the Word with us. I ask you, sow a seed tonight, victoryfla.com. Go there. You can safely and securely give. And thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you. If you have not downloaded our app, you can always give on our app, safely and securely, on our app. Victory FLA. You can find that on all streaming platforms. Yeah, go to the app stores. Go to the app stores. Just click in Victory FLA. You'll find us. And we, I praise God, we have a tremendous app here at Victory. Tremendously resourceful. I want you to remember this. When, when we speak about giving, you, you'll never... You'll never be heavy-handed about giving. You'll never be leveraged. You'll never be manipulated. We'll never allow another voice of manipulation to come in and be heavy-handed about giving. That's just ridiculous. God's people hear His voice. They're mature. Amen? They know how to hear the Lord. They respond. God's people are generous. Say that tonight. God's people are generous. And that's who I am. Amen? Say that. And that's who I am. When we're generous, we actually model the very nature and character of our God. When I'm generous, when you're generous, you're actually manifesting the nature and the character of God. I love that we have our vision right on here, personal revival, national awakening, generational, generational reformation. I, when, I, when I think about it, I mean, everything we're doing in the natural seems so impossible. Here we are believing for a miracle campus in one of the worst times of inflation, the economy. I mean, everything's absolutely crazy right now. I understand. I mean, this hits every family. It's hit our family. We get it. We're believing God for a miracle, miracle property, miracle campus. Why do we need to do this for generational reformation? 
how are we going to birth a school? The Lord's going to teach us how to do it. He's going to teach us. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. I'm excited. I want to walk into our gymnasium one day and look at just hundreds and hundreds of kids and go, oh, my Lord, look what God did. Look what God did. Walk, walk into cha- to chapel. Walk into chapel. I don't know if we're the Victory Lions or the Victory Eagles. I, I, don't, I don't know. Rawr. Or the Victory Lambs. <laughs> I don't know. But I can see it. I can see it. So can you, Brent. I know many in here can see it. It's happening. So let's take our offering tonight. I don't want to hold a, an empty envelope. I want to touch ours. <laughs> Oh, Lord, we just thank you again for this great opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God, to touch lives, the expansion of your kingdom for the glory of Jesus. We give to you, and this is an act of worship. Say that tonight, Lord, this is my worship. Oh, say it again. Lord, this is my worship. Bless the people of God tonight, Lord, as they give. In Jesus' name, amen. Our altar team is going to come in just a few minutes. We're going to open up the altars. I want to check what time it is. It's 20 till 9. <laughs> Service started at 6. It's 20 till 9. Gosh, we're ending early. Oh, we got a few now. Come, come on. Just a few announcements tonight, too. Um, the Cells House Fire is tomorrow at 10 a.m. And if you want more information about that or want to RSVP, you can go to the website or the app. Godlewski House Fire is Friday, January 20th, this coming Friday. It's at 6.30 p.m. And again, you can go to the website or app and find out more information and RSVP. And the Evangelism House Fire. We're starting up our Evangelism House Fires again for this year. Yeah. And that one didn't get on our physical calendar, so we wanted to make sure that you were aware. Yeah, because, never mind. (laughs) So um, that is January 27th at 6 p.m. Um, You need to fill out, we are switching things up a little bit with our Evangelism House Fire. We're asking you, you need to fill out a volunteer application. You can pick one up at the bookstore just so that we know those who are going out together with us. And um, you can uh, text or email the office to RSVP for that one. And then last but not least, uh, Russ Klein is going to be with us on January 21st, next Saturday. Yes, a week from tonight. He's going to be with us for those of you who haven't uh, met him yet or been under his ministry. You're in for a treat. They're such a best blessing. He usually comes with his daughter and his wife, but they um, are not going to be with him on this trip. But um, it's going to be wonderful. So please come out. It's going to be great. Amen. I like our ushers or our ushers. We've already ushed. We've been ushering away. I'd like all of our altar team to prepare themselves and join me in the altars.
perhaps you're sitting in here tonight, you need a miracle, you need a healing in your body, you need a, a healing in a relationship, whatever, whatever that looks like, you need to come forward and allow us to pray with you tonight. Most importantly, tonight, you could be in this room and you don't know the Lord. You don't, you don't know the Lord. Or perhaps you once walked with God and now you're away from the Lord. And tonight is the night to return and come home to the Father's love, to the Good Shepherd. Tonight is that night. And if that is you, if that is you, when you come, I, I implore you, come to this altar. Whoever you walk up to and tell them, I'm the person who is coming back to the Lord tonight. I am returning or I need to know the Lord. I need to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. I implore you, my friend. I don't know everybody in this room. Tonight is the night to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Can I get an amen from this church? Tonight is the night to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. And if that is you, you are going to be a part of those coming forward for prayer. Identify yourself to whoever you go to. I am that person. I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Or I'm a prodigal. I've been a, I, I once walked with God. Something happened in my life where there was a break. There was an abandonment. There was a betrayal. There was a divorce. There was a death in the family. Something went terribly wrong. And I went away from the Lord. If that's you, and you're saying tonight, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Come. Lord, let there be miracles in this house tonight. Miracles. Let's put our hands out to receive the whole church. The whole church. Lord, let there be miracles. Let there be healings tonight. In Jesus' name, release your power. Release your power. May there be deliverances tonight in this house, oh God. Deliverances in the house tonight. Sever every chain, Lord. If there are addictions, Lord, we want to bring those chains of addiction. May they be severed by the sword of the Holy Spirit tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, guys, may the Lord bless you. May you have a miracle, miracle, miracle week. Who's going to have a miracle week? Amen. There's all the believers. Come on, let's give God praise one more time. For real. Let's... Amen. Good night. You want prayer? Come forward. We love you.